Welcome to Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. And good morning, listeners. Welcome back to the program once again. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. Jeff, today we are going to be talking about the year-end spending package extenders. Isn't that an exciting it like, title? It is so exciting. I love it, my friend. You know what's even more exciting, though? It's, it's what amazing has happened in Washington in December. So... You know, yeah, there's this new tax bill that we'll talk about in a little bit. But more importantly, you know, the Republicans and Democrats actually agreed on something, which is just crazy. Right? It's about time. So they passed what's called the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2020. um, And it was passed in the House by a vote of 297 to 120. And in the Senate, by a vote of 70 to 23. Now, obviously, the numbers aren't important, but just know, I mean, it was bipartisan, which is crazy right now in Washington. Absolutely. So why did... Uh, Congress passed this now when they really have not agreed on much the entire year. Well, you know, as much as I'd like to say that things are actually changing in Washington, the act was passed mostly because there was a looming government shutdown. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the act actually included three different parts. But, so the first thing I want to talk about is kind of what you said in your title, the extenders. Things were extended. Um, right. So what actually was extended in this? So for individuals, there was essentially four major things that affect a lot of people um, that were extended. The first one is medical expenses and itemized deductions. Now, as most people that actually are able to, to do itemized deductions and those that are able to deduct some of their medical costs, they know that the first you know 7.5% of their medical costs aren't deductible. It's only everything above that. And the law changed, and it went, it went to 10%. Well, this change brought it back to 7.5%. So really what happens is people are going to be able to deduct more medical expenses than they could if the rules hadn't changed. Okay. The other thing is education costs. You know, we've talked in prior episodes about uh, different credits that are available for sending your kids to school. But there's also um, an above-the-line deduction that people can get for paying tuition and fees. And that expired but has now come back. Also... The treatment of what they call PMI. So that's that private mortgage insurance. You know how when you buy a house, you don't yes. have 20% down? Yes. Well, prior to it being extended, those, in, those you know, essentially insurance payments that you're making were treated as interest, and you could deduct those on your return. That went away, but now with the Extender Act, it's back. And then another thing, which we don't see too much anymore now that the housing market is really stable, but if for some reason your house was foreclosed on, and you owed more than it was actually worth, mm-hmm. normally that income, normally that difference is including your income, but it's excluded if it's for your home residence. Okay. What about businesses? So businesses, there really wasn't a lot. So, you know, most of it was just specialized credits for things like racetracks, which are close to my heart, <laughs> um, racehorses and, and Indian reservations, energy credits, things like that. But one of the important things that were brought back was the work opportunity tax credit. Okay, so when is this extension actually in effect? So it really depends on the item. But some of these things actually expired in 2017 or maybe expired in 18. A lot of these um, were actually the extension. Well, let me, let me back up. The, even though they expired during those times, the um, extender package actually made them retroactive. So it's almost like they never went away. So, okay. there, so there could be some opportunities for people to amend prior returns. Now, what about the changes to the kitty tax? Yeah, and so that's changed back to the way it used to be. So 
the way it was before is we had to file the parents' return and the children's return together because how much tax the children paid was directly related to how much income the parents earned. With the new tax law that was passed in December of 2018, that changed and it went to the trust tables, but they found out pretty quickly that that really disadvantaged some low-income individuals. So they went ahead and brought that back. So we'll talk about it more in detail in the next couple of weeks, but just know that, uh, that now in order to file a, a kitty tax return, you have to also file the parent's return with gotcha. it. Gotcha. So very quickly here, because I know time is running up here, but you said that this included three parts. Right. So you know, this week we obviously talked about the extenders. Next week we're going to talk about what's called the SECURE Act, which makes a lot of changes to retirement. And the third one is just different other items that were changed that may affect non-for-profits. Awesome. Jeff, a lot of great information as always here on the program. For those that want to connect with Hawkins Ash, how do they do that? You can reach us on our website, which is HawkinsAshCPAs.com. And we'll talk to you next week. This has been Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Learn more online at HawkinsAshCPAs.com. Hawkins Ash CPAs, part of your business, part of your life.